What's up, Magic fans? This is Mackenzie Thurkill of the Orlando Magic in Fox Sports, Florida, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from my favorite guys across the pond at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Geraint, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! Welcome, Magic fans, to episode 20 of Penny for Your Thoughts. As always, I'm uh, joined by Mikey. How are you doing, pal? Hello, Paul. All good, mate. Thank you. Good man, good man. And obviously, the Welsh wizard, Garant. How are you doing, pal? Very well, thank you, mate. Good man. I've uh, enhanced my credentials this week as a true Magic fan by having uh, come out in sympathy with uh, both Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz and having injured my left ACL. So I think that's that's my true credentials as a fan. And as as always, we are joined by a guest. Um, we have a passionate Orlando Magic fan, Tampa Bay Lightning fan, uh, team attendant to basketball operations for the Orlando Magic, and also a member of staff at the Hogwarts School of Witch, Witchcraft and Wizardry, Perry Riggs. Perry, how are you doing, pal? I'm good. How are you guys? Very well, mate. Very well. Uh, just to explain, unfortunately, Perry's... Uh, Camera's gone uh, on the on the laptop, so we just have a blank screen for him. Otherwise, a lot of you would have recognised him from uh, watching the broadcasts because uh, Perry has a cracking job, mate. Um, every home game, you are sat on the home bench. I think that's right to say, isn't it, mate? Yeah, I sit on the home bench for most like most every game, basically. Um, and uh, that's providing drinks and towels and anything else that the players may need in in timeouts and uh, whilst they're sat on the bench, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's a little bit of everything, honestly, when you kind of boils down to it um, from heat packs to towels to Gatorade to gum to even going back and getting a different warm-up sleeve or something like that from the locker room. It's a little bit of everything. Cool. Well, we'll come. I'll, I'll come to fully what you're doing a bit when we uh, go have a chat with you about what what it is and uh, learn a bit more about you. So, as always, guys, we'll start off with a bit of magic news roundup. Um, I think the biggest thing this week was the announcement from the team and Advent Health about uh, the enhanced multi-year partnership, uh, which will see a new state-of-the-art downtown training centre. Um, the centre will have practice and training. Uh, facilities for the magic encompassing also encompassing community services ranging from primary care to sports medicine Uh, it's going to feature two state-of-the-art basketball courts uh, where the team will practice strength conditioning training and recovery facilities aquatic area physical therapy hydrotherapy pools sports science nutrition facilities audio visual audio visual and imaging technology workspaces for the team coaching and basketball front office staff that's um going to be an impressive building uh mikey sounds like somewhere you'd love to work yeah absolutely i'd love to go and uh, do some strength and conditioning in in one of those weight rooms um yes very exciting um i was surprised when they did the uh promo video that they've already broken ground on it and they're already building putting up the foundations and that of the of the uh practice facility and stuff going up so um yeah, it seems to be something a lot of the NBA teams are doing now. There's all these different practice facilities, all the enhanced um, scientific, um, uh, what do you call it? All, all, all the stuff that the teams are doing now with their sports science and all that sort of stuff that they're doing now. It's almost like a race. Who's going to get the best facility at the moment? Um, 
it's 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 a bit of an odd one because obviously when they bought, built the Amway Center, which was only what uh, eleven years old, twelve years old, they built the practice facility, so they had everything in house. Um, but obviously, sports science and and all the training and all those sorts of things are doing of quickly outgrown what they built originally. So um, yeah, hopefully it'll help the team on the court. That's the main thing. Yeah, fingers crossed because uh, certainly, I mean, it bring the strength and conditioning and uh, medical recovery facilities brings us on to where we always go next, the injury report. Um, we all know we have, we still have huge problems there. Though there is looking like some bit of a silver lining uh, with uh, Tumor Akiki, he's still absent. However, he's involved in practice. Um, we are coming to the end of the period that the team estimated he would be out. Uh, December the 31st said three to four weeks. So we are seeing him come to, getting closer. Uh, Alpha Rukamino, he's involved in practices still. Uh, Kareem Mane, unfortunately, missed the last two games. Um, but hopefully that's only a short-term thing. And unfortunately, Michael Carter-Williams, who had been involved in practices, uh, had to leave practice early um, on Thursday and then also missed yesterday's shoot around and uh, the game lost to the Clippers, which uh, I think we're all wanting to see Michael back because he, he does bring something to the team. Jay, how are you feeling on the, the injury from? Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Um, like we just said, um, it'd be good to get these players back, especially Chumo Kiki, see what he can do. Um, you need bodies on the floor. We haven't had that in the last ten games, and and it's proven in the in the results really. Um, so you know, let's just get them healthy, um, but not too soon. You know, you don't want them to come back too early, um, re-injure. I don't know what Michael Carter Williams did on Thursday, but you know, you just need to get them fully fit before bringing them back in. So we'll move on uh, to the game reviews now, Perry. Just before we go any further. Mm -hmm. Being sat on the bench there, how much of the game do you actually get to watch and enjoy? Um, I'd probably say like 80 to 90 percent of it. There's definitely only like that 10 percent where I'm actually doing <laughs> my job. Um, That's because I, just, <laughs> I just get to sit there and watch the game, yeah. Oh man, that, that is that is quality, that is real quality. I suppose it depends on the quality of the game actually as to how much. Uh, uh, we we could definitely agree on that part. <laughs> and yeah, I, I, I do want to say that I think Manet isn't injured. He's actually the G League is starting, so he's been at practice with the G League team. Ah, right. Okay. He he he, he did appear on the injury list for the Sacramento game, and I noticed he had disappeared for the Clippers game. So yeah, that's the answer. I believe he's one of our two way people with yeah. the G League. Uh, that's probably answered then, Perry. Thanks for that, mate. Mm -hmm. Appreciate. It. So moving to the first game of the week, the 107-104 uh, loss to the Hornets. Gee, take your yeah. take on Okay, so like Paul said, we dropped the game 107-104 um, on Sunday, I think it was, dropping us to a record of 7-10 and 10 on the season. Um, this was a game that got away from us. Uh, we were quite comfortable going into the fourth quarter, 86-74 up. Uh, but in the final frame, you're outscored 33 to 14. Um, the team was down at one point, 102.93 with 2.20 to go on a Terry Rosier three. Uh, the Magic did respond uh, with a couple of Evan Fournier three balls uh, and a Vucevic tip. Um, 
it was nip and tuck. Um, but with time winding down, um, Terence Ross did drill a three from the corner with uh, some eight seconds left to tyre at 104. Uh, but Charlotte had the chance for the last shot and um, they gave it to their hot man. And um, Gordon Hayward uh, drove on Fournier, laid it up. Uh, we had an opportunity with less than a second remaining, but Cole Anthony couldn't get the ball in. Uh, we then fouled them. They made one free throw and the game was, uh, that was the end of the game. Uh, so very frustrating. Um, you know, you're watching it and you just expect it to win. Um, we were just coasting, but then something has happened quite often uh, in that this last 10 games when we've been missing bodies is we've had, you know, a, a period or a quarter where you've gone seven, eight minutes without a bucket Um and you can't do that in the NBA. Teams will put 15, 20 points on you. And that's a big hole to, to try and get back out of. Uh, lucky at this point, you know, we were up, but um, it wasn't enough. Um, so some stats from the game. We shot 44% to the Hornets, 47 um, Key stat for them, Gordon Hayward scored 39 points on 15 of 25 shooting. Uh, and he looked very comfortable and like he was back to his best. Uh, some of the magic uh, figures, Vucevic with 22 and 13, Evan Fournier 21, and Cole Anthony and Gary Clark um, with, how much did they score? 11 points, uh, and Terence Ross finishing with 10. So all in all, frustrating loss, one we probably shouldn't have dropped if we've got aspirations of, you know, postseason of being in that 7, 8, 9, 10 conversation. Um, but, you know, we had a chance to amend it then. Uh, and the next day yeah yeah Mikey the uh second game where we uh got the win for the week yeah I've got the good game to talk about this week um yeah they won 117 to 108 on Monday night um they started the first quarter really the way they finished uh the fourth quarter on on Sunday got off to a really slow sluggish start three turnovers in the first six minute shooting 26 percent um and they were down by 11 after the first 12 minutes. Um, but really, it was the bench unit that gave us that spark in the second quarter with Gordon running the point with Bacon, Ross, Clark and Birch. And um, they come straight out the lock, uh, come straight out uh, in the second quarter, went on a 12-0 run. Um, Ken Birch brought his usual energy off the bench. He had 8.7 rebounds and two assists. He's, he continues to play at a really high level at the moment. So that's that's only a good thing. Um, and then really turn into the second half. We had the third quarter, the Magic built a 20-point lead, um, which I think was a couple of uh, Cole Anthony threes uh, to, to, to give us that large lead. Um, but Gordon Hayward scored 11 of his 24 points in the third to cut the Magic lead down. Um, and what was really odd, I, can't, I haven't got the scores in front of me, but the scores at the end of the third were by like a point or two. They were almost identical to the first game. It was really odd. Um, I think we had an 11-point lead going into the fourth. Um, Vucevic and Clark both scored eight points in the fourth quarter. And those guys really sort of helped uh, with their scoring close out. And they sort of learned their lesson from the game on Sunday night. Um, the big, big talking point was Cole Anthony had a career night. 21 points, three rebounds, three assists. And he made four threes. Uh, Vucevic finished at 28 points and 12 rebounds. The Magic shot 48% from the field and 51% from beyond the arc, which is one of our best, better shooting nights of the season from, 
from downtown. So yeah, uh, good win, good comeback, really. Barry, how were the uh, Charlotte games from your perspective? Obviously, a good um, perspective. No bench. I think, I think, honestly, from my my job, it's it, it makes it a lot easier when the games are back to back, especially when we're on this like we just basically finished our big four game homestand. I mean, we're still gonna play at home, but um, it's it's really nice because we don't have to move a bunch of the equipment around. As normally, the Mway Center is we don't own the Mway Center, so. Um, a lot of other things have to happen and a lot of equipment has to move around in order to make it ready for game night, especially now with the COVID and everything. All of those coolers that all the players have to sit in between have to move back and forth. Um, but other than that, I mean, the games, the games were great. Team was, team was really good on Sunday and then with the loss, but they came back out fighting on Monday. So it was great. Was there a, did there seem to be a determination from the team coming out on Monday after the loss to to make make a make it right make the wrong right? Well, I mean, yeah, we I definitely I definitely feel like we after I mean we've played them we played them basically with the same back to back in the preseason, um, which was kind of like deja vu, but we did definitely have more determination. I want to say on Monday night because we knew that we had the strength to beat them. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So I've got the Kings loss to talk about, which one twenty one one oh seven. That was a uh, tough loss to watch, and for me, simply put, the Magic fell woefully short. Uh, we were facing the worst, the NBA's worst defensive team. Um, they started really well with two blocks, restricted us to three of eleven shooting. They built an early lead, held the lead all game. Um, I think in some ways the the game was summed up by the end of the first quarter. We had a really bad turnover that led to a Buddy Heald uh, hitting a very late three. Uh, that extended the lead out. At the end of the first quarter, we'd only shot 31% from the field. Um, we were trading 32 to 23. Second quarter, Kings went out on a 10-0 scoring run. Um, They'd built that to a 17-point lead, largest at the night at that point. By the half, we'd only shot 37%. And I think the five days that the Kings had had off showed they looked really rested. Um, they, they didn't have any rust coming into the game. They they came in and played some good basketball. Uh, they looked really effective. They'd hit nine shots from beyond the arc in the first half. I uh, thought that when we came out for the third quarter, we did look like a team that had, they looked like a team that Coach Clifford had given them the treatment and they did come out and make some effort, showed some signs of life. Steadily, um, they cut into the lead, but when every, get, every time that we managed to cut into that lead, the Kings made another run. And it was normally in the form of uh, either Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes scoring points. Um, we didn't seem to have an answer to their starting five all night. Um, they also got Hassan Whiteside back, who didn't score a lot of points, but he seemed to cause us a lot of trouble on the night. Uh, highlight for me, from Magic point of view, again, was Ken Birch. The, the effort and the hustle that he brought was superb. Um, I do think, though, that... The telling stat of the night was the number of turnovers, the points from turnovers. Um, Orlando made 14 turnovers. They scored 23 points, 
from those in Sacramento. For the Kings' point of view, they had 15 turnovers, so made one more turnover than us, and the Magic could only conjure up eight points. That is a really, really poor stat. We fouled far too much. We get we got into the they got into the bonus very early. In was it the second or th second no third quarter wasn't it? In the third quarter they got into the bonus really early. That hurt us. Um, we gave seventeen points in free throws, and they could have had another nine besides because they missed nine shots. Matched us defensively on rebounds and steals. Um, it was just, I say, just for me, it was a hard watch, and I thought that we, there, there seemed to be a lack of effort in points, and some of the body language I didn't like either, and I think that was, I think that's raised some of the questions. I know that we're going to come to something that Mikey wrote as a result of that uh, later on the stick or twist, and it, it, I think it's only voicing what a lot of fans were feeling uh, as a result of that game. So, Perry, what was the, the kind of uh, in the, in those games? In those sorts of games, what's the atmosphere like on the bench from the players and the coaches? Um, Without getting any bother, obviously. Yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> generally speaking, any game that's like that is is obviously not fun to watch, and it's it's definitely not fun to work. Uh, as I always say, it's always better to go home on a W than it is to go home on a loss, because it kind of just feels like your whole your whole kind of work shift was wasted. Um, but um atmosphere on the bench with anything in a game like that when we know that we're the better team and that we should be winning is tense and i definitely say um coach cliff always has some wise things to say and um uh the coaching staff they they're very optimistic we have a great set of coaches if you want me to be really honest they sit there and they fight hard and they definitely are always there trying to make sure that our team knows what they're doing um Player-wise, uh, they definitely let me down because a lot of the times they definitely are very optimistic. Like in our game yesterday, um, team was there. Definitely still, they still wanted to win. They wanted to win bad. And but on on uh, I think what is this Wednesday? Wednesday it was just like a basically once after halftime, it almost felt like it was like oh, I put the put the third strings in. We don't really want to play anymore. Kind uh, of vibe. Yeah. I, I, Cause I have seen a quote from Kem after the game mm -hmm. where he was asked about the energy and aggression that he played with. And his quote was something along the lines of, we are paid to go out and leave everything on the court. It's what we're supposed to do. And it's an easy task. It, it felt like a little bit of a, for me, in some respect, a little bit of a dig at the other players. It's a lack of effort. I I definitely feel I don't know where Kim Birch came from, but um these past couple seasons that we've had him, um, he's obviously been on the third string. He comes out and he's the reliever. Um, but he's this year he's got moved up to the the, 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 the second spot. He's the reliever for Vooch, and he's been doing nothing but proving himself and having such a great time this season. And I think I think he's giving his all and he's doing his best to be that come off the bench, whatever for the team. And I think he's, I think he's doing really well for what he needs to do. Yeah. Yeah. So Mikey Clippers. 
Sorry, Garant, I said I'd give it to you. Me with the Clippers, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Before, before we go on, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but before we go on, I just want to ask Perry a question. Being, being behind the bench and seeing the players' body language and attitude, because obviously we're on a bad run. What is it? We've lost ten out of the last twelve games. Right. Um, what What do you put it down to in terms of like obviously? Players are going to have their, their good nights and their bad nights, and so are teams as, as a whole. But there's, there seems to be this thing, and, and I think, is he, and we saw it last night with the Clippers game, where I thought Vooch was going to knock the referee out when he didn't get a call. Um, but it just seems like there's certain nights where frustration seems to get the best part of them instead of being a bit level-headed. And, and like we've seen it in certain games where they fight back and, and 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 get themselves back into a game, and then there's other nights they just seem to lose their cool and lose their head, and and never really get going. What what do you think that is? Uh, I want to say personally, after all the seasons that I worked, Vooch is definitely the one that'll have the hot head. Um, you know, <laughs> I hate to say it, but he he definitely we're all a little scared of him when he gets like that because he's definitely like throwing water bottles and broken chairs. Um, but. It's just the way he is, and he normally apologizes afterwards. It's just he's passionate about the game, and he, at the end of the day, he just wants to do well, and sometimes there's just a moment, and he just catches himself in it. Um, but when we get frustrated like that, it's it's hard because I feel like the whole team just kind of festers in that frustration, and we don't really realize that this game is still winnable. We can come back and really take it because a lot of the times they just sit there and they just get mad at themselves because I don't really think they want to blame the team. They sit there and they just kind of fester in their own self-frustration because they feel like they could. there's something more that they could do personally. Perry, on um, on Vucevic last night, um, I read somewhere this morning that he went to the bench at one point and did he kick over a water cooler, but then he proceeded to tidy it up himself. Is that he true? Kicked- he kicked over he basically kicked a chair and the chair kicked over like a trash can. But yeah, he see he kicked the trash he kicked the chair and then the trash can and then he said then he realized that he looked like a big baby and he went over and fixed it. But yeah, that's, that's cool he fixed it. That's what an all star does, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go vote, go vote for Butchovich for the all star. <laughs> uh but yeah, he, he definitely knows what he does when he they just Sometimes he doesn't always catch himself doing it. <laughs> Along with a bit of passion. Yes, yes sir. No. Right. So, um, yeah. So the Clipper game last night. So we, the first 20 seconds went very well. We started uh, 3-0. Um, so anyway, uh, as Paul said, we dropped the game 116 to 90, dropping us to 8 and 12 for the season. Um, that 3-0 start after the 48-3 was followed by a 14-0 Clipper run. So, like we mentioned earlier, it's these, you know, lack of offense and the other teams put together a run and all of a sudden you find yourself in a hole. Um, Team did respond, though, in fairness. So, the Clippers led most of the first before the Magic went on a run to tie the game after the first quarter at 26 to being down as many as 11. Uh, The reserve unit uh, continued uh, its stellar play in the second quarter, holding their own until the starters came back. And... um, I think we had J.I. and uh, David and Jeff on, and they were, you know, saying, "Oh, this is good. You know, we're playing, we're playing all right, um, and we've got Vooch and Evan and everybody coming back." Um, unfortunately, um, they didn't play to the best of their ability, shall we say, 
Um, and Kawhi Leonard and uh, George got anything they wanted. Um, it was a bit of a shame to see them in the lineup, wasn't it, Paul? Because um, you oh, wrote your yeah. preview and we didn't know until what, four hours before the game? So less, we less, still less have predictions. Yeah, yeah did yeah. our predictions for magic moments and everything. And we were predicting a magic win. And then I'm like, oh, hang on a second, I'll change that now. Um, I, so you didn't tell you that it, it made my uh, game preview title look stupid. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, face, facing a depleted LA Clippers team. Really? <laughs> I'm putting a lot of stock on Patrick Beverly, clearly. <laughs> yeah, it was, um, it was very interesting to see them all warm up during pregame because we were all sitting there ourselves like, are they playing tonight? Are they playing tonight? Yeah, we found yeah, well, we, well, we, out before, wasn't it, Jay? Yeah, we thought they were still in LA, didn't we? Because nobody yeah. said they boarded a plane. Anyway, um, so by the end of the second quarter, we were losing 62 to 48. Uh, the team came out of the gates in the third, uh, initial 8-0 burst and trailed 62-59 in the third on a Fournier play. However, that was, that was as close as we got as the Clippers put their foot down and wound up being winners 116-90. Um, some notable stats, we shot 36% of the Clippers 49. Uh, the Clippers were led by George with 26, Leonard 24, and they, don't, they didn't really play you know, heavy minutes. Uh, leading for us was Ross with 24 on 8 of 12 shooting, but I think he was about 7 of 7 at one point, and it was almost like just giving the ball. Um, Mo Bamba got some mop-up minutes, scoring 8 points and 4 rebounds. Um, and other than that, Fournier finished with 8, Vucevic, Vucevic with 10 and 6, AG 9, Anthony 6. So there was a lot of struggles um, in the game. Our 17 turnovers, something Paul picked up on in the previous game, resulted in 24 LA Clipper points, where their 11 turnovers resulted in seven magic points. So that's a discrepancy of 17 already. Um, additionally, they outscored us 52 to 26 in the paint. Um, so that just shows you they were getting what they wanted. Um, so let's be honest, the Clippers are a decent outfit. Um, yeah. I never thought we were going to win it, you know, from last week's show. Um, I was proven right, really. But, you know, there was a, some good moments in the, in the first half with, with, a, with the bench making a run. Yeah, it wasn't a, a great watch, was it? I don't know about you guys. Did you, I don't know how far you watched it after the game, The as they were coming up the tunnel, the players as they were coming up the tunnel past the ultimate lounge there, that image. Am I the only one that looked and thought, wow, I don't like the body language. They look really like they are through the floor. I turned it off as soon as it, the horn went. I didn't want to watch anymore. <laughs> Mikey, did you see it? That bit? I, can't, I can't say I did. I, to be honest, we've said this the last few weeks. The game yeah. was on, but I wasn't really taking it all in, if I'm honest, in that fourth quarter. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's just a result of losing 10 out of your last 12 games, yeah. str struggling for offence, so 28th in points per game. Last in the league in field goal percentage. They're just when the ball goes in, it just it gives you a different feeling, doesn't it? But when when you're struggling for points and you're giving up so many points in the paint, which we did last night again, um, you, you're making life really difficult for yourself. But yeah, it's hard not to feel down and and fed up. And do you know what I mean? Especially for the players because they, they put everything into it. Um, but yeah, it's difficult 
it's going to be a difficult stretch. Yeah, yeah. Right, let's move on from the disappointments of the week and uh, have a talk to Perry about um, find out a bit more about him. So as I say, Perry, you're a passionate Magic fan. Um, the, I think it's fair to say that Magic run within the family, really, because uh, you're not the only member of the family who work there, are you? Nope. There's definitely there's three of us. Two yeah. of me, me and my mom and my grandma. Yeah, we all work there. And then there's also uh, your sister's father-in-law. Oh, as well, there, you, there you go. Yep. Yeah, I thought I thought I'm gonna say he's uh, quite high up in the organization as well, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um massive Tampa Bay Lightning fan, I believe, oh, same as Graham. One hundred percent. Go bolts. Go bolts. Um and as I say besides being working on the bench, you uh also have a, a role to play in Hogwarts, don't you, mate? Oh yeah, I work at Universal Orlando. I work um yeah, I work at the attraction there. You were on uh, Jurassic Park before, weren't you? Before they found you got some magical abilities. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> You've now transferred, so, haven't you? Mm-hmm. So, Perry, when, when you apply for the job there, do you get to specify which ride you want to work on? Because, I mean, we've been to Florida loads of times and we do all the theme parks. And, you know, whilst you're in line, you're thinking, oh, I'd love to work, work on that ride. And I think I'd like to work on like a Popeye or something like that, just to see everybody get soaked. Um, do you get any choice or how um, does it work? You definitely used to. Um, obviously, now due to COVID, we just opened up um, new applications for attraction attendance. Um, and it's just normally due to business needs. But like if you – I would say yeah. I mean, um, I got hired on as a house attendant for Halloween Horror Nights. And then I got thrown into attractions, the department. And then I basically got placed wherever they needed me at that point. So I didn't really get to choose when I first started with the company. Uh, Perry, how long have you been with the team now, the Magic? Uh, I want to say... Hold on, I have my actual credentials right behind me. <laughs> first one. Yeah, I want to say four years, five seasons. Four years, five seasons. Lock it in. Okay. So kind of around the foot. So that'd be, what, around... 2015, 16, something of that nature, 16? First head coach was Jacques Vaughn, if you remember him. All too well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we all remember him a little bit too well. And how did, how did you how, how did you get into the working? Was it, was it through, through your mom? The, yeah, it was. My mom definitely asked me if I was interested um, because I guess um, my old boss had reached out to her and said that there was positions. And I said... Sure, why not? And basically, the rest is history from there. Yeah. So, go on, mate. What's involved on a game day for you? Um, it's a lot. Um, so let's say, for an instance, last night, um, game time is at eight. We have to be there four hours beforehand. So we were there at four thirty. Um, we get all the bus times from the players of where they're staying, um, so that we know when they're coming because they come with a bunch of equipment. Um, that the other team away team's equipment manager comes with and sets up. Um, yeah, literally he was, there was one bus at like four o'clock and it was just him. This whole big mirrors bus was just him, but he had like tons of equipment and we basically helped him unload that, put it into the locker room, got everything he needed so that when the trainers and the team came, they were all ready to go. Um, then pregame rolls around and they do sh they do their pregame warmups and then we sit there and rebound. Um, but at the same time, 
we're getting the water ready for the home side and the water ready for the visiting side, getting that all ready. Um, Cause they're special and they want a bunch of special stuff and their drinks to drink during the game. And um, we're getting towels ready, basically setting up the bench so that we're ready for whatever they need, whenever they need it. And uh, then game time, game time, super easy. Sit there, watch the game, fold warmups and do do timeouts and then post game. It's the same thing, except just deconstructing everything that they already have and sending them on their way and wishing them safe travels. Cool. That's a game day for me. So Mikey, fire away. Have you got any funny stories of when you sat there when say, say it's a really tight game in the fourth quarter and you sat there watching the game and you forget that you're working and you're getting too into the game and they're like, Perry, come on, I need a towel. Do you have any funny stories, anything like that at all that you can share? I would definitely say uh, my first playoffs, obviously last year um, would probably be that moment where I'm sitting there behind the bench and last season it's different because we obviously sat differently due to not having COVID. I sit right there in between basically the players and then there's chairs behind me where guests sit and then I sit with my water cooler. So I'm basically sitting like a very small line and I'm sitting there on my cooler and I'm like super hype. And we just like, we had just scored on the Raptors and it was like a super hype moment. And I completely forgot where I was. And they were like, we called the timeout and they were like, Perry, I need the water. And I was just like, so out of the zone. <laughs> and it was just like, hello. And then, and, uh, Fournier comes over to me and he grabs his bottle and he grabs the, he grabs the, basically the rack. He goes over there and does it himself. I'll never forget that moment. It was hilarious. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's awesome. Um, do you ever, um, oh, I was going to ask you, if, apart from that, that moment, is there any sort of, any other sort of moments that stand out for you? So what was so special about that playoff series last year? I would say that it was, it was obviously the first time since we since we'd been in a I think like eight or seven years, so it was like for me it was great because I won I got to work my first playoff and like work it versus going to the games and like being a fan at the playoff games, um, because the team the team was definitely excited to be there and they definitely worked hard to be there, um, and it was just great to kind of feel that atmosphere feel like we were we were ready to win and we were ready to do whatever it took to win. So that was definitely a really good moment for me. Um, I'm sorry. Did you ask me something other than that? I feel <laughs> I definitely got caught up in the moment. No, 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 that's cool. That's cool. Graham. Well, yeah, I got two. Um, so being a big, who's your favorite magic player of all time? My favorite magic player of all time. <sighs> that's a hard question. Um, I would probably have to say everything in me wants to say T-Mac because like that was my boy way back when, but me and me and Jameer, uh, I, we, I, uh, before I started working for the team, I obviously went to a lot of events with my mom to help her out and just go, um, and I, I always had a great time with Jameer. And I'll, uh, he's still a great player to this day. So I'd say probably Jameer Nelson, favorite player of all time. That's cool. That's cool. Um, and you might have touched upon this already, but um, what's been your favorite 
interact sort of interaction with the players are not funny. You know, you might have you know talked to LeBron James or you know something like that. Uh, I would say probably the time where the viz we sit right next to our, our like our, our break room for say and like where we keep all of our supplies is right next to the visiting locker room. And when I first started, I I was I wasn't doing the water at that point in time. I was doing the mop. Uh, which basically you mop up the sweat during the game and make sure that the floor is not wet so that it don't slip. Um, it was when we played the Cavs and Marcus Jefferson was still playing for the Cavs. And I I had my phone out and I was I was recording the team as they were running out and like doing their like pregame hype up before they run out and do shoot around. And Marcus Jefferson asked me what I was doing and he I was like, oh, I'm just taking a video. And he's like, let me see your phone. And he sits, he sits there and he took my phone and he started, he basically took my phone and recorded him running out on shoot around and like doing all this stuff. And <laughs> it was, it was crazy because I had like, I, I didn't know what to do because technically, technically we're not supposed to ask for pictures or anything, but he had taken my phone. So it was like, all right, I'll, I won't, I won't deny it, <laughs> but that, that video is quite hilarious to watch. Yeah. Cool. Go on, Mikey. Um, oh, I forgot what I was going to go, go for you, Paul. I've just, just lost it. <laughs> well, I, I, I was one. You kind of touched on some of the things. I'm guessing that that's going to be one of your favourite moments. I was going to ask what one of your favourite your favourite moments of being present for as a Magic fan. You most um, probably one of my favourite moments. Like, are you are you talking about like as in the franchise or like as myself as a team attendant? Either way, mate. Um, as 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 it as being it being in attendance for yeah. Um, I'd say there's definitely a lot of moments where, um, I get to have like a one-on-one connection with the players because I work for the home side, so I get to see them all the time. Um, uh, I got to work with Biz Mac Biombo, obviously last season or the the season before last. Um, before we traded him away, and such a great dude, awesome, genuine guy. Um. He definitely like connected with me and we had such a great time. And uh, I definitely have a couple pictures and a, a couple moments with him that he did for me that will definitely always stay near and dear to me because he made me feel like I was special and all that stuff as a team attendant. And I'm, I, you know, I went out of my way for him. So he went out of his way for me. That's nice. That's nice. Do you get to develop a relationship with players and the coaches then? Um, yeah, definitely. I definitely would say more than so like we we get split up as team attendance is to visiting at home. And most of the time, the home side stays on the home side, the visiting side stays on the visiting side. Um, yeah, I definitely say I would. I get a I get a lot of good like me and Mobamba have like a handshake and everything that we do before wow. they before they start the game. Oh, that, that's yeah. awesome. that is um, really cool. Yeah, it, it used to be like a, a lot of fun. Um, before COVID, because I used to like, we used to all have kind of like our own things that we would do. Um, like I did my thing with Mo, and then I had like a one or two things with like Markel that we would do. And um, Vooch would always throw me his water bottle, and I would like catch it um, because he he like he would like he he would want it when the coach did his huddle, and then they'd break apart and they'd go do tip off, and then he would throw it, and it would be like a catch, and it would be like a touchdown. We do do like the field goal thing. It was funny, but yeah, love it, love it, mate. That's brilliant. That is brilliant. Um, the other thing, I, I, I it comes back to something that we we had um on a couple of weeks back. Um, Mackenzie, 
um, we were talking about the Facebook Live that she used. I always found it really funny because there she, she'd be sitting on the court doing the Facebook Live game preview. And on the right-hand side of the screen, without fail, there was you, rebound. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get to, I'm, I'm, I'm watching Build Up to a Magic Game with one of my friends stood there rebounding. How, how, how good is it to be involved actually on the court with the team is that is that an experience something that you, it's, you enjoy? it's a great time uh, i would definitely say that like a lot of people are like envious and they sit there and they're like ah oh, you get to hang out with the team and like do all that kind of stuff and it's like yeah and i mean a lot of the times we do but a lot of the times they sit there and they also just kind of are to themselves and they're getting themselves ready for their game day moment and like um sometimes they interact sometimes they don't and that's just honestly the the point of the job where you're like, ah, I'm going to talk or it's like, I'm not going to talk. So it's it's definitely a great time when they do interact with you and you kind of get to have a little bit of interaction back. But then there's also those moments where they you have to remember that they're getting ready for the game and yeah. they're, they're definitely doing their thing. You have attempted to put a shot up? Um, We used to be able to put up shots, but <laughs> yeah, there's definitely some moments right now where it's like, ah, I really want to put up a shot or two. <laughs> Make sure Coach Slipper's watching. You might get a game. We always we always call ourselves the fifth string. All of the team attendants. We're like, oh, we're the fifth <laughs> string, just in case. Like, put us in, Coach. We'll, we'll, we'll help. That's brilliant, mate. That is brilliant. Okay, let's move on, Mikey. Um, you wrote a piece this week as a result of the uh, Sacramento loss, um, asking the question, should we stick or twist? Um, I think it's come about through team defeats against Sacramento, New York the Charlotte loss uh, and the manner of the loss to Indiana, they've really hurt the standing. Um, we've struggled to break, we've had teams break losing streaks against us and the like. So you asked the question about, is it right the right time to blow it up? Should we be patient? What's, so run through it right, for us, please. Yeah, so I uh, wrote an article on the website. Um, it was really just my reaction after the uh, dreadful loss to the Kings um, and just wanted to put put something down on the website and uh, to get people talking about the the next the next step for the for the front office to take and for the magic to take um obviously in the off season everybody expected us to make bigger changes than we actually made i was one of the people that was ready to move on from from the likes of vooch i've actually done a complete 180 on that now um but uh, yeah, we didn't make a lot of moves. Obviously, we drafted Cole Anthony, uh, re-signed MCW and signed Dwayne Bacon. And obviously, the front office valued continuity going into the, into the new season, especially with especially with a season like nobody's ever seen before with COVID and a lot of the a lot of the teams are playing without any fans and and all these different protocols and stuff the teams are following. So. Um, obviously that didn't help. Um, injuries have taken a massive uh, toll and really the turning point was when Markel Fultz went down on the 6th of January with his torn ACL against the Cavs. Um, and the Magic have now lost 10 out of the last 12, including last night's game. And actually one of those wins that we did pick up was a desperation three by Cole Anthony. And I think G said it on that podcast when we reviewed it. If that didn't go in, we would have been talking about that game very, very differently. Um, so, uh, according to ESPN, the Magic have had one of the easiest scheduled through the first 19, 20 games. Um, and it's really asking the question, there's, there's really two paths and, and we've all got 
our thoughts on Fultz and Isaac. They're, they're the two cornerstones that the front office want to build around for, for lots of good reasons. Um, but obviously, that's all cast the doubt. Now they've got their injuries. So it's really, how do the Magic move forwards from here? How do we get that superstar player? Now, one of those two players could become that, and there's other players who might as well. Um, but really, if we're going to get back into contention and, and get back to the top of the Eastern Conference again, we need that superstar player to build around. And there's really two two ways, isn't there? You either trade for them or you draft, or you get lucky and take a gamble in the draft. Um, and at the moment, there's only one really clear player who looks very unhappy, and that's Bradley Beal in Washington. And it goes back to when we discussed Russell Westbrook in the offseason if you're going to trade for a player like that right now, you're gutting a lot of what you've got on this roster, which means you haven't got a lot to play with and, and support him so you can actually win games. Um, so in the short term, for me, I think it's a good idea to maybe sell a couple of these, play, sell off a couple of players like Fournier or Terrence Ross. Um, Aaron Gordon, I'm, I'm still happy to hold on, especially when we need the ball handling and somebody playing the point guard at the moment. But, Look, we're we're if we lose against Toronto, one of the two games or possibly both this week, um, we drop below them in the standings. We're then bottom five in the league. Um, Miami are still below us at the moment as well. Um, so there is a good opportunity if the Magic don't win in many more games now the rest of the way that they are going to get a high lottery pick in a good draft. Um, and then it's just a gamble who lands in your lap when you get there. Um so, so yeah, it's really asking that question. For me, I think I think Fournier or Ross, maybe an Aaron Gordon if the right package is available. Um, I think you, you've got to look at that in the next eight weeks before the trade deadline and then and then get a high lottery pick. And then there's still enough on this roster for me with Isaac to come back, Fultz to come back and some of these other young players as well that we can still get back into the playoff picture next year. Um, it's a short-term move. For long-term gains, that's really, really what I'm trying to say. So that's where you are, Grant. Where would you be? Yeah, that's exactly what Mikey just said. Um, it all depends what's available there. Um, Fournier's coming up to the end of his contract, so there's no guarantees he'll come back anyway. Uh, the only worry I would have if we did move Evan is how the offense would look without, you know, a, a wing who can put the ball on the floor, finish at the at the rim. Um, we haven't got anybody to his standard. Um, I know I'm very much team Evan, um, but if the right deal is out there, you know, you could see maybe like, a, I don't know, a Portland or somebody um, needing somebody like him just to give them that little bit of extra offense if they're going to make a run in the playoffs. Um, there's actually a couple of players on Portland I wouldn't mind having. Um, Gary Trent Jr., Anthony Simons, um, to name but a few. Um, so, yeah, it all depends what's available. Um, we, we saw this season as being a developmental year, um, even at the beginning, you know, knowing that Isaac was out, especially for, for Fultz. But with him being out, um, it comes more of it now for Cole Anthony, Chumo Kiki. And I'd like to see Mobamba used more. Um, he was used in very limited yesterday, although Mopper. Um, but I really think he's got something to offer. Uh, he's very long, he can shoot the ball. He just needs to get a bit of confidence and we need to play him a bit more. But um, Ken Birch is, you know, 
playing fantastically as well. So, um, you know, we haven't got a problem with the bigs really, have we? It's it's the guards and and the, and the wings um, that we need to, you know, find better better quality players really. So yeah. So Perry, moving away from your bench role, putting your fan hat on, where are you? Do you think we should uh, blow it up or tank or? Are you happy to wait wait things out and see how we go next season? I think I think that we have a lot of I think we have a lot of potential in our defensive game as long because I mean obviously we have we have we have tall boys. We have tall boys and that's not the problem. I think perimeter wise we're lacking a lot because we're just not putting boards up when we need to put boards up. And um I think that part of our team needs an, a severe overhaul. Um, but I think that's, I think that's, uh, I, I'd say I wouldn't be surprised if we, if we blow it up. Really? Okay. That's yeah. interesting. That's interesting. I mean, for me, and you know, I'm never, I'm never short of an opinion. I just do not know what the heck to think. I have absolutely no idea. Fully fit, I think the team is far better than people think. Uh, J.I. and Mark L make a huge difference to us. But missing them pair, and we become quite limited. And we saw the downturn when Mark L went down, the, the change in the offence. The thing I'm always concerned, I think we've said this on here before, that we do, there is a thought amongst fans that we're going to get something more than we actually will for Vooch or Evan or Terence or for Aaron Gordon. I think there's an element that we overestimate the value that they have to the rest of the NBA. And that's that's the concern I've got. It has to be a package that helps us. Um, and I don't know, I genuinely don't know where we're going to get that from. Um, I suppose that's why the front office get paid the big bucks. The, the frustrating... Sorry, Paul, to cut you off. The frustrating thing is we've never had the opportunity to watch watch a team with faults Fournier, Gordon, Isaac, Vooch, and Ross coming off the bench as your main core. We've never we've never been we've never had the opportunity to see them play together for long stretches or or a playoff series and actually see what they can really do. Um I didn't talk about Vooch. Um I think he's the one player we need to keep hold of because if you do get rid of some of these other players, he's almost like the stabilizers on the bike. He's going to keep things steady, allowing players like Cole Anthony and Akiki when they come back and, and even Bamba playing behind him and coming off the bench eventually, if that ever happens. Um, he's, he, he's that steady player that I think we need to keep off, keep hold of. You don't want to, I don't think you need to gut the entire roster. Look, we're probably one of the worst five teams in the league as it stands. So losing a Vu, uh, sorry, losing a Fournier or losing a Ross isn't going to make a huge difference in terms of. I don't think it's going to make a massive difference in terms of points per game or the offense we're creating because it's bad as it is. So it's only it's not it can't get much worse. Um, I just think it's the opportunity for the younger players to play. Um, if you can get a draft pick for one of them or two of them, then I think that's one thing to look at. And also, last point, if you look at the front office over the last two, three, four years, 
they don't like making wholesale changes in one go. They'll they're almost drip feed their the changes that they make. So if we do make a change before the deadline, they're probably only going to make one or two moves and stick with that the rest of the way. Um, so if somebody does go, I can't imagine it being a, a big deal unless we're part of a, a a deal where another big player moves somewhere else. Well, I think we still have to remember that we're still paying the rest of Timothy Mozgov's contract, and we unfortunately still kind of need that to go away before we can do anything else. You forget we've still got his an element of his money, don't you? You really yeah. do. You, you really, really do. I mean, you do have to remember he did sit on the bench all last season. He did come to all the games, but he definitely sat on the bench and proved that we're still paying him a decent amount of money. Um, over here, we've uh, on the NBA store. There's still Timothy oh, yeah. Mosgot Maverick shirts available, and uh, somebody in one of our groups that we've got uh, put out the other day that if you wear it on a court for one minute to play in, you've wore it more than he ever did. <laughs> in the Amway. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, so moving on to uh, game previews, uh, we've got a double header to start the week um, against the Tampa Bay Raptors, Mikey. Yep, Sunday night. So we're playing two games in a row. Hang on, Mikey. Don't call him a Tampa Bay Raptors. Come on. We like Tampa Bay. <laughs> Jesus. I just had to do it, G. I sent a message to you earlier in the week, didn't I? Because uh, both with the Bucks having made the Super Bowl and uh, the Bolts having done um, my And the Rays, the World Series. Yeah. Yes, um, yes. You'd said about how well the uh, everybody in Tampa Bay was doing, so I'd put to you, hadn't I, that uh, yeah. Tampa Bay Raptors for the fight for the NBA Finals. Then, yeah, you did, you did, <laughs> and I ignored it. <laughs> Can you imagine if Kyle Lowry don't say it. ring playing in Tampa Bay? Can you imagine that? It's not going to happen, but <laughs> just a little. No. <laughs> Oh, God. Anyway. So, <laughs> moving on. Usual. <laughs> so, so, the Magic play Tampa Bay on Sunday night and Tuesday night. <laughs> Both games are a midnight tip-off in the UK. Uh, they're 12th in the Eastern Conference, a 7-12, and 12, just half a game behind the Magic. Um, they're probably, they've probably got the hardest, te- they've got the hardest situation to deal with that any, every other team in the league this year, having to play thousands of miles away from where you actually should be. Um, they, they're they coming off uh, a loss to the Kings on Friday night at home to, well, home slash Tampa, uh, to 126 to 124. Uh, Siakam scored 32 last night, Van Fleet 26. Um, both teams have tonight off before we play them on Sunday evening. They're five and five playing in Tampa. They're two and seven on the road. Um they're 17th in points per game, 111. The Magic are 28th. Uh, they're 27th in field goal percentage. So they're not one of the more efficient teams of the league. So it might be a bit of an ugly shooting game or games <laughs> when we play them. Um, 17th in defensive rating at 110. The Magic are 21st in 111. So they're quite close um, defensively. Um, it might be a bit of a slugfest in both of those games. Um yeah, that I think there's more to come from Toronto slash Tampa, um, so we'll it, we'll see what happens. But I think we can split the series at least. 
I'm looking forward to Aaron Gordon having a crack at Kyle Lowry. Well, it, it, let's be fair. It was a dirty play that put him out. It was a dirty play. It what? It wasn't a soft foul. It was a dirty play. Can I just yeah. say, I'd love to see Kyle Lowry with his nose bleeding like like he did in uh, in the playoffs <laughs> in Game Three. As you can tell, Perry, Tampa, we don't like sorry, it. Toronto are not one of our favourite teams, and <laughs> even more so, Kyle Lowry. <laughs> understandable, understandable. Are there uh, particular teams that you like to see the Magic beat when they roll in and they come and you're you're there on the bench? The particular teams that you just get real satisfaction. <laughs> Lakers. <laughs> Um, actually, LeBron James and the Lakers staff are one, probably one of the better the better set of staff. Um, I'd say there's definitely like some like some staff and some players that I, I see roll in, and I'm just like, oh no, like I don't even know where Rondo is, but I absolutely despise rebounding for Rondo. Atlanta. And there you go. Yeah, you got I a think... lot of rebounding for him as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> I definitely say probably like Boston. Boston's definitely up there. I like I like it when we beat Boston. Um I love it when we beat the Warriors against Curry and that's always a great loss to watch. Um The Heat. Yeah, I definitely say that's probably number one. Coming from somebody that lives in Florida and knowing that that rivalry, that Florida, that Florida rivalry between Orlando fans and Heat fans, yeah, I'd say that's probably number one. Does it always- does it annoy you as much as it annoys us when we see the Magic playing at home, and you see so many Miami fans cheering when when they're in the Amway? Uh, to be completely honest, that's almost every game. <laughs> it's not. There's very far, far and few between Magic fans, unfortunately. Actually, you just saying that about um, seeing. The, the rivalry in the state it brings me back to um a story i was i was and with you working in universal perry i was queuing for the uh rip ride rocket on mm-hmm. one occasion with heather that's my daughter for those that don't know um i'm in a magic shirt and i got as, as we stood there waiting we're up against the barrier waiting um probably about 20 25 minutes from the ride and one of the uh staff is holding you back so it gets talking about basketball. It turns out he's a Magic fan. At which point he sort of looked and went, it's a good job you've got me, as opposed to this guy, and points to another guy, Heat fan. He says, I think, and um, Magic guy says, I think you've waited long enough. Come on, let's get you through to the front of the line. Takes us out <laughs> of the line, moves us straight up to the front. <laughs> and there's banter going on between the Heat fan and the Magic fan. They're saying, get him to the back of the Heat. They're shouting, get him to the back of the line. No, don't move him. No. That wearing that stupid shirt. So <laughs> because of Magic shirt. So top tip, always wear your colours when you go into one of the parks because you never know. <laughs> oh, yeah. You. You wear your colors and you see me. I promise you, I'll, I'll take you up. I'll take you up to the front. It's Good always man. a great time. Good man. So now, um, Grant, you've got the double header for Chicago. Yeah, I do. So we face the Chicago Bulls end of next week, both home games. So it'll be nice and easy for Perry. Um, Friday the 5th, uh, midnight tip, and Saturday the 6th, again, a midnight tip. So they are seven and ten on the season, good for tenth in the Eastern Conference. Uh, slight percentage points uh, ahead of us as we 
as it is at the moment. Um, of course, they've got a new head coach in Billy Donovan, who's come over uh, from the OKC Thunder. Um, one big notable injury they've had in the last couple of days, um, Wendell Carter Jr. has got a severe right quadricep contusion. So Mikey probably knows more about that than I do. It just sounds a bit painful. So he's expected out for four weeks. Um, and their other injury notable, a guy called Adam Makoka, is out with concussion, but he could be back. Um, last five games, they lost at Boston one, um, versus Boston at home, 119-103. Lost to the LA Lakers, 101-90. Um, the previous three before that, they beat the Hornets in Charlotte, 1-2-3, 110. Beat Houston at home, 125-120. And beat Dallas in Dallas, 117-101. So they go with a starting lineup of Kobe White, Zach Levine, Lowry Markkinen, Patrick Williams, uh, and Daniel Gafford. Um, Patrick Williams is one of the highly um, projected rookie. He's averaging nine and four. Uh, Then their bench consists of a couple of veterans, Thaddeus Young, Otto Porter Jr., Garrett Temple, who always kills us, Thomas Sadoransky, Denzel Valentine, uh, Dotson, and Felicio. Um, Currently, Zach Levine is tied for ninth in scoring with 27 points per game. Uh, That's taking 19 shots per game. Um, As for the team, they're averaging 115 points per game, fourth in the league. Um, and they're first on pace in the league with 104 uh, points per uh, 104.4 possessions per 48 minutes. But the defensive rating is down at 26, 26 with 112.6 points per, per allowed per 100 possessions. You had a bitch. Sounds like I'll be having one later. Don't worry. Um, yeah, too much information. Um, so, yeah, um, it's a team we should expect to beat, especially you know if we had our full, full you know roster. But um, we don't really know, do we? So, if we can win both, great. If we don't, it'll only help us in the standings uh, with the with the lottery. So, so so in that in view of that, then where are you going on predictions, uh, Mikey? Let's go with you first. See if we could do better than last week. I'm sorry, guys. I'm going to have to do it. I've I've tried being positive the last three or four weeks. I've had a couple of three and zero weeks. Didn't happen. Um, I went two and two last week. They went one and three. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go zero and four. You have literally stolen my lines. <laughs> I was I, I was gonna say, mate, that I, I've I've done all the positive thing because um, and it's not working out. So I, I'm also going zero and four. God, call yourself fans. (laughs) (laughs) Look, let's just put it this way, Garant. When if I'm wrong, then it's great. We get to celebrate. Look, when we did when we do any prediction things, you know, be it football, be it whatever, I'm shocking at it. So (laughs) going 0-4 is actually positive for the team. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) true. Perry, where would you go? How many? What what scores would you go for? Uh, I say, you know, I think, I think sometimes we do better on the road. Um, mm. so I think we'll. I I want to say we'll go, optimistically one and three. I'll say one and three. Okay, come on, Graham. I go. I go with two and two. 
Okay. I think we'll still win against Toronto and we should beat Chicago at least once. Um, so, yeah, two and two. I said we were going to beat the Clippers last week. I don't know what <laughs> I was on. Clearly <laughs> the same as me because I agreed with you. <laughs> I just thought I, I've got to go. I just thought that it was going to be that point where the the thirteen game streak that they have over us was going to be broken. It's later in the season. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to the trivia. I know this is uh, Grant's favourite point of the uh, proceedings most weeks. Um, it's a bit different this week. I've, recent games um, of the lesser performances, shall we say, has, has me looking at um, some of our poorer records. So, the Houston game, the Houston loss that we had on game day nine, saw us concede the most points for the season. Uh, our le- we scored our least points in the season, and it was the largest margin of defeat at 4-2. So, do you know what the all-time lo- loss margin of defeat is? So, obviously... Yeah. It's against Chicago. It is. Yeah, it's about 45, 48, something like that. 47. 47 points. 47 points on uh, the 10th of April in 2017, so it's not that long ago either. It is. I was there for that game, probably. Is it in Chicago? No, it was at Chicago. It was actually at Chicago. Oh, actually, I was going. I was looking at that. I was thinking if it's a game that you were at, at Perry, I was going to talk to you about it. But no, it wouldn't be one that you were there for. Mm-hmm. So, most points conceded in a game. Do we know that one? No, I don't know uh, that one. I guess about one hundred and fifty-six. Bit lower, I reckon. Yeah, hundred and forty-nine. Oh, one point out, Mikey. 148 to Atlanta. Um, this is this one's going back in history though. 11th of November 1989. Uh, so then, the few, do you know the fewest points that the Magic have scored in a game? I, was I think I do. This. I was shocked at this. 56. This. Yeah, on the nose, mate. On the nose. Yeah. Do you know when it was? Well, it, it Long was time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. before they started shooting as many threes <laughs> it was uh, was it 97 was it nice it's, it's more recent than that Is it? 23rd of January 2012 we played Boston and it's also yeah. it's also the record for the fewest points in a second half we've scored we've scored 20 points in the second half that's, that's really shocking. <laughs> Awful. So, having had the fewest points in the second half, do you know the number of the fewest points in the first half that we've scored? Maybe 20-something. Yep. 28. Yeah. One yeah. up again, Mikey. 27. 29. 27. 27. Uh, and we've done that twice. Once uh, Christmas Day... 2009, home court against Boston again, and on the road at Houston in 2005, January 2005. So, final question. Final question. And Perry, you will have been at this one. 
at one of these. The largest home loss that the Magic have suffered. Ooh. How many? Do we know how many points we've? Was the largest loss? One eighty-nine. We uh, it was it was lower than that. We the the actual number of points that we lost by. Oh. Mm. Margin of defeat. Is it recent? Uh, 2017. November 2017. I'm going to go 42. Oh, I'll say higher than that. 56. See? 38. So close. It's four, you two, really close. It's 40. We've, we've done that twice to the Utah Jazz. Um, sorry, once 85 to 125 to the Utah Jazz on the 18th of November 2017. So you'd have been there for that one, Perry. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Detroit, 81-121 in uh, 91-1991. Well, that that was the bad boys team, in fairness. That was like a world championship team. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, I've got, to, I've got to address that. It is not a world championship. <laughs> <laughs> you don't play America, it is not a world championship. It's a national title. It's yeah, really- but who's going to compete with them, let's be honest? Yeah. Barcelona aren't going to, you know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They? I haven't played Barcelona. It ain't. It's, it, then it isn't. <laughs> well, I just want to say thanks, Paul. You've really cheered us up with those stats, buddy. <laughs> hey, we're on. A, we're on a really great streak at the moment. Say, and then you we're, drop those questions. I was about to say we're reliving the 2017 season where we had Serge Ibaka on our team. <laughs> the positive. It's a positive. We haven't hit those depths. Yes, you've got to look at it. It's a positive. <laughs> so anyway, guys, uh, let's wind this up. Um, once again, Perry, thank you for joining us. We genuinely appreciate your time. Thank you for coming on. Oh, of course, guys. Thank you for having me. It was a great time. And uh, Mikey Grant, as always, thanks very much. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be recording the next one uh, between after the uh, next, next Sunday. Week. Next, yeah, next Sunday the 7th yeah. we'll be looking at um, a few upcoming games there and in the meantime we aren't going to be on a running streak just losing streak despite what Mikey and I feel so let's go Magic You've been listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK please subscribe to the podcast available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts Spotify and YouTube Check out the website at orlandomagicuk.com and support us by using our links to the official NBA store and Fanatics for your official sports merchandise, including the NBA, NFL and many more. And you can follow us at Orlando Magic UK on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. Go Magic!